So, fuck yes. Welcome to After the Hype. Yeah, as always, it's Jonathan Hardesty, uh-huh. Emily Blake, yep. and Sam Garrison. Hey. Uh, this week's special guest, we have on again, Elliot Campos. Hi. <laughs> the meekest high you've ever had. Uh, and I've had meek highs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this week we'll be talking about the wonderful film from earlier this year, right? I think so. Time is a, yes. a weird thing to me right now. Time is a flat circle Ugh. or a round baby. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, that's, better. that's so much better. Yeah, <laughs> that makes way more sense to me right now. Uh, but yeah, from earlier this year, A Quiet Place. Uh, financial juggernaut that it was, even though it cost fucking nothing. So good for them, but we'll get into that later. It has uh, the distinction of being a movie I watched before knowing it was on the schedule. Ooh. Uh, there's a lot of those where I'm like, I'm going to let the podcast choose the movie for me. All right. Don't watch Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. That's okay. coming up soon. Uh, okay. <laughs> nice. Noted. Wait on that pile until you have to watch it. <laughs> yeah, that's usually what I do for those. Yeah. Whereas this one, I'm like, I missed it because of time constraints, sure. baby, all that. Let me watch it now. And yeah. then, bonus, it showed up for this podcast. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's do a uh, quick where have you been doing, and then uh, we'll get into today's episode. I will talk about what I didn't talk about last week and got caught out of the episode. I started watching American Horror Story. Uh, I am partway through season three now. I am through season one and two, and I have to say I enjoy it for the most part. I like it when it does weird things. I don't Three like... Three is what? The witches one? Yeah. I think that's where I jumped off after, oh, after okay. witches. Halfway through, I jumped off. I, I've heard witches, it's either you, you quit in witches or you love how stupid it is. And I'm like, I'm not sure where I'm at yet. I'm only like two episodes in. There were a lot of points but, where I almost quit in season two because that was the Asylum one, right? I loved Asylum. I thought that was really cool. Uh, There's some weird parts in the middle where like, not parts plot-wise, but just meandery parts where it got like, I think what am I doing? I think because I'm binging it, I might skip those. It might make the the... Cl- uh, wheel spinning. A I watched a lot of that obvious. when Karina was a baby, and I fed her at like midnight one uh, morning. That, that I might have like, something to do with it too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my major thing with the show, though, is like, it, and maybe it's just I'm more adult now than I was then. I don't know, but I'm kind of tired of seeing rape in movies and TV. I'm just yeah. kind of oh, done with it. Yeah. Really over it. And 100 percent of the time, it's never about the victim. They, yeah. They forget it, about like they don't care. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's in the filmmaking choices down to the T. They don't care about the victim. Yeah. And it's it's so like it's making me not really enjoy American Horror Story very much because I'm like, all right, well, I got through this season here, and there was a couple things I didn't like. We'll move into it, and then I start Coven, and the very first episode, a girl yeah. gets drugged and gang raped, and it's like the fuck like i want to enjoy I the show about that. i honestly fuck, do yeah. want to enjoy it but like every time this happens it's like why am i wasting my time with this it's like, unfortunate because there's cool ideas there's some yeah, cool premises exactly. in there and that's yeah. that's what's kept me is like there are good things in the show but every time that happens it's like all right i'm almost like if there's another one in this season i'm fucking out and then i'm just done with it because i i don't need it the first season did get me though it was i had i had a, it was a very gotcha for me in the reveal yeah, it's I, like, I didn't see that one coming, so I was very, I was very happy to be surprised. But it was still clearly a rape, and then it's like, but who raped her? No, and it's like that's the mystery. No, no, not the, not the the rape, the the reveal of um, she was a ghost the whole time. Uh, I I figured that out immediately. Like that was one I, of those I, like, I, I, oh, I, yeah, I like that it was distracting but, enough to where yeah. Either way, I would say it's a good show. I'm not sure if I love it or leaving finish season three, but it's been interesting to see what people have been talking about for now what seven years. And I still Seven might years? watch. Wow, yeah. I might watch Colt just because I want to see the the Trump season because I think that's an interesting idea. But and they're uh, bringing it all back together with like the apocalypse or whatever. Yeah, that doesn't look very good. But who knows? Either way, that's it for me. Yesterday, <laughs> my partner and I went to the Korean movie theater and tried to watch a movie Korean movie called The Great Battle. It's not good. Don't watch it. We walked out. The, uh, the what? The Great, the great <laughs> Battle. One of the most egregious line crosses in the history of line crosses. Uh, it pissed me off, and I was very angry for the until we walked out. Um, because there's a you scene. walked out of it. We walked out of it. I, I don't walk out of movies. My partner does, and I was I couldn't argue against it because it was really bad. It just wasn't getting any better. Um, in that, like, there's a there's a moment in the beginning when there's this huge battle, and there's these two dudes who are roughly the same age. They're dressed in the same military uniforms, and they have this exact same haircut. And there's one of them runs up to the other one and says, "We got to retreat. We got to retreat." And then a guy comes up, and we're on the opposite side of them. And the the bad guy murders one of them. But I wasn't sure if that was a line cross. I was like, wait, did they just cross the line? But because these two guys, it's not because they're both Asian. They were dressed the same, wearing the same haircut. And 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 we flipped the line. And I was like, wait a minute, which which guy just died? And it was about five more minutes before someone said a name. And I realized which dude was actually dead because they crossed the line on the, on the scene. Oh. And from that point on, I know. So from that point, on, I was like, why did you do that? 
Um, and because uh, we had just met these characters, this was like the introductory scene. Yeah, oh, you, have you ever seen like a war movie? And in the beginning, every single dude <laughs> looks they look exactly the same. The same. Yeah. Um, so we didn't. So we left the movie. We went. We went back to his place and we watched Police Story, which has just been remastered. Um, and that was pretty rad. That's way better. And the stunts in that are uh, balls. So I've never actually seen that. Oh, so good. Yeah. There's a stunt. There's there's a big thing where where they basically construct constructed a, a, a little shanty town on the side of a hill and they sent a bunch of cars down it and there's no way they couldn't have done that in one like it had to have been done in one because they destroyed so many things you, there's no way to reset that so they sent cars like through this little shanty town blowing shit up over here crashing here doing this and they probably had like five cameras on it and it is balls you're just like looking at it like oh now that you know now that i know filmmaking i look at things like that and i'm just like oh my god the work that went into destroying everything in this scene is amazing kind of awesome yeah. it is very awesome yeah uh john what about you uh so i'm still on the music kick haven't watched a lot i've been doing um a little bit of music listening after uh, cha- uh powering through uh, over like over and over again the nightwish album decades i was like looking for some more music so i'm in the music mood and uh metric just came out with a new album uh a day or so ago uh called art of doubt and uh metric is my jam i like what they're doing i like their sound and uh it's nice to kind of see bands that you've followed for a while have a new album come out because I don't keep track of that anymore. I'm not in a music scene to be like, you know, anticipate. I don't have the hype for those. So I really like the sound. It's very, it has a few little shoutier moments that are reminiscent of her older stuff, blended with some more mature stylings from the more modern stuff. It's really nice. I like it. Elliot, what about you? I finally saw a podiatrist and got some medicine. And so that stuff on my feet is starting to clear up. Cool. Yeah, and I saw a uh, battle of the sexes. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> Tennis. Did you like it? Yeah, I, um, I, I, my familiarity was with uh, Mario Tennis, but beyond that, I never really <laughs> dabbled in so the you area. You had to score a game. Aces, right? Mario Tennis Aces. No, the Nintendo sixty four version. Okay. The introduction of Waluigi. Like, you didn't, you was... didn't even play the Wii version. No, I, so I'm very like you're very old versed school. in tennis. Yeah. yeah, very old school. So my knowledge is really dated. I don't even know if that um, uh, Bobby Jean King thing was a big deal back when Mario Tennis came out. <laughs> but uh, seeing it dramatized was. And enjoyable. I think it was from the filmmakers behind Little Miss Sunshine, so oh, it was it was kind of similar, just like a crowd pleasing movie. But it this one didn't really make an impact. I think it was kind of passed over for everything last year. It was it was touted as like a Oscar movie, and then it it just wasn't. Yeah, I mean, you know, Emma Stone coming off her win, and then Steve Carell in that very being a dramatic actor guy. So I think it deserves a look. For sure, okay. it was. It, yeah, I don't feel like it was Oscar worthy. I, I know that's what a, they were. That was the push. Was yeah, the idea it was an enjoyable it. movie. It wasn't like oh my god, amazing, you know. But it was. It was. A, yeah. It was worth a watch. Yeah, it was. It was uh, a game set and match. <laughs> Sam, what about you? We're just gonna we're um, get out of this one. The only movie that I've seen recently was The Predator, and I really don't want to talk about that. So um, I've been listening to a podcast by Nicole Byer from the Netflix show Nailed It. It's called Why Won't You Date Me? And it is great. She's been like chronically single, I guess, for her whole life. She's never been in a long-term relationship, even though she's like super cute and like funny and very successful. And She's fucking awesome. Yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> And so she she brings people that she's hooked up with in the past. She brings on friends. She brings on other comics. She brings a, on a guy that she knows whose floor she peed on. And she's like, why didn't you date me? <laughs> she has them go through her Tinder profile. And it ends up being a really interesting look at love and relationships. And it's really fun. I've been kind of binging it because I only just learned about it. But she's had this podcast for like a year. And it's really fun to kind of go through this evolution with her. Um, and, and it's just, it's really, it's really great. It's been an absolute delight and she is so, so funny. Like I, yeah, she's become my new favorite comedian. So (laughs) I've seen a lot of people online do not like her and do not find her funny. And I think maybe that's why they won't date her. I guess. (laughs) 
they're out of their mind. I think she's one of the funniest people on TV right now. Like she's the reason I keep watching Nailed It, and I didn't really like season two as much. Ooh, but she brings on so West. Good. She brings on oh, West from she? Nailed It for an episode, and it might be the best episode because he is like a happily married, lovely human being who just thinks she's. He's like, yeah, you're a great boss, even though you harass me all the time. And they end up having this really lovely conversation. It's so it's so worth checking out. I will listen to at least that episode. <laughs> uh, was that everybody? Mm-hmm. Yeah? All right. I guess it's time to start talking quietly about A Quiet Place. The box office mojo on this thing is kind of insane. It cost $17 million, which means that they definitely did not pay Emily Blunt very much money. Uh, I'm sure she Well, never... her husband directed it. Yeah, I'm sure that they got her real cheap and then uh, paid her uh, with money that it made on the back end, which was a fuckload. So it cost $17 million. It made... 332 so i can see why we're getting a quiet place sequel even though this movie does not call for one in any way shape or form i don't believe you i it does it 100 percent does it's not a fully fledged movie it doesn't have an ending i'm very i will upset agree about with this. that but i i totally agree with you there but i don't think that this movie calls for a sequel i'm well, worried we can get about that. what a sequel yeah. would be we'll, uh, we'll get into that because I, I think it's it's interesting <laughs> In many ways. But either way, so the review that I'm really going to skip around on this thing comes from Arthur Baggins on uh, Metacritic. Uh, Artie Baggs. I, I got to say, I'm, I'm picking it mostly because of his name. I like the name Arthur Baggins. Um, but this guy just essentially hated the fuck out of this movie. What? Um, and I could see not liking it. I could even see disliking it. But uh, hating it, I don't really get. But that's okay. We'll get to it. Um, zero points. This literally is the worst movie ever made. In no way can I understand how anyone could suspend belief. This would require a below third grade logic, an IQ less than their shoe size, and or payment from the film's production company. And then it, luckily he only paid 99 cents. And basically he just kind of goes on and on to say that you have to suspend your belief too much for the movie to make sense. Uh, how that garners a zero out of 10, I don't understand, but there you go. Why is he so angry? He's an angry dude, that Arthur Baggins. <laughs> Jesus, dude. You should go back to the Shire. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Bilbo stole your spotlight. Yeah, no kidding. Um, So that's kind of where we're coming at. Some people don't like it. Some people people loved it. And it made a fuckload of money. And that's kind of a good framing to uh, talk about this movie. Uh, But before we do, we have to do a 30-second breakdown. Elliot, are you excited and ready for this? You have to say words, Elliot. You can't let cop out and just be quiet. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for throwing the gauntlet. (laughs) Uh, Are you ready? Uh, Yeah. As ready as you can be? Yes. All right, here we go. 30 seconds for A Quiet Place. Here we go, 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 go. In this post-apocalyptic world, you have to be very, very quiet, or the monsters will hear you. And if they hear you, they will... (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how long to let the silence go after that. I think that was enough time to say that you failed, but it was entertaining, so I'll allow it. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. That's exactly... That's actually most of the movie, surprisingly enough. There's also some people in it. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the thing that I actually want to start with this thing is that kind of little to do with the movie but i find it interesting and i think it's a good place to start uh this was originally bought by paramount to be a cloverfield sequel that makes sense could have been it could have been uh it would have been a worse movie i think though although it might have fed more into the the lack of an ending that sam had a complaint for because if it's a cloverfield sequel they none of them really have endings they all kind of have like an open door like there's going to be more and that's kind of what this one does too but uh, um I think just by putting the Cloverfield name on it, it does bring baggage to yeah. it, as opposed to just being an original story where you go in without those kind of preconceptions. I mean, like watching the Cloverfield Paradox, like when you play that up on Netflix, like just sitting down, you're like, okay, I'm going to expect like A, B, C, and D, just yeah. because J.J. Abrams has these kind of tropes that anything associated with him usually demonstrates. Yep. So I think it's, I mean, it 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 definitely worked not to have it uh, have that title on it because it made a lot of money, and I think that like with Cloverfield Paradox, it really needed the Cloverfield name in the title. Also, oh yeah. I also think if this had been a Cloverfield movie, they would have created an antagonist. 
and uh, they would have needed somebody because the Cloverfield movies are about people who inherently aren't all that likable and this movie had characters who were very likable and I think that they would have wanted some kind of dark you know person in the story they would have had like somebody show up at the camp and start old man in the woods yeah yeah. Yeah. Leon Russell would have had a bigger role which is great I love Leon but yeah did you guys recognize him Emily did you recognize him wait who were we talking about the old man in the woods oh no he was he was a recurring character on Prison Break he was, like, the head of the company or whatever. Oh, like, he was okay. silent and would write things down right. on post Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't recognize he had a wig in this thing. He no, was also, he, like, I think he's gotten a little skinnier. Oh, and, a yes. little, yeah. Yeah, right. he was also on the pilot of the X-Files. Okay. I've asked him to be on this show a few times, and his schedule is completely nuts. But yeah. he's a very nice guy. Yeah. yeah. He's going to my Starbucks all it's the time. It's fun to watch on, pres- on some of, the, like, a really bad, ep- uh, really, really bad seasons of Prison Break, but he really was an interesting character. What's his name? Yeah. Wasn't, like, the chief or Sis, something? I forget it was something yeah it was it was definitely yeah. something but it was I something could. like that it was like the general i think or I don't yeah know. and i could have this wrong but i believe that he and john were in a play together and that's how he convinced him to do this oh, one cool. bit part in this because i know they're friends because he posts on facebook about yeah. him constantly um but I, I thought like that it was it's one of those things where if this had been a cloverfield sequel i don't think it would have done as well or, i mean there's that chance it would have done better maybe because people like oh i liked 10 cloverfield lane maybe i'll like this one but I think, kind of like to what Elliot was saying, I think this thing needed to stand on its own to be the movie that most people enjoyed. Well, not having seen it, I've been like, well, this is this is so so similar in feel to Ten Cloverfield Lane. Like there would be like this disappointment that it was like, oh, another one of these smaller movies. Like, yeah, why didn't they do something? There? It's kind of like Cloverfield's kind of in this weird catch. Like they are, they have their own. They've painted themselves into a little weird thing. The Cloverfield Paradox was a bad move, but it, like that's where they <laughs> felt like they had to go, and that's yeah. where like it would have felt like. Having like this would have been felt like a quiet place paradox. Yeah, <laughs> or like uh, Cloverfield. Yeah. I mean, because Overlord that's coming out from Bad Robot is also not a Cloverfield movie, right? And it was originally supposed to be. Hmm. So I think that they're. I don't know. I'm wondering where the Cloverfield franchise is gonna go. That's what's interesting. It sounds like nowhere after yeah. paradox, it which seems- is unfortunate because there was like a Netflix. I mean, I know it was like fucking Paramount, man. <laughs> like if it weren't for. Michael Bay and Platinum Dunes, they really wouldn't have much at this point. Because that was the other fascinating thing about this was like Michael Bay co-produced it. Because John worked on worked yeah. with him on 13 Hours. Yep. I love this weird friendship that they formed because yeah. it's completely incongruous in my mind. Yeah. Like, I, well, I feel the same way about the relationship between, like whenever I found out that Emily Blunt and John Krasinski are married, I'm like, really? Yeah. She is so far out of his league. But then I watched this movie. And then I was like, all right, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, I, I love when movies like this are good. Like, it's because passion projects usually don't turn out too great because you're getting favors. And favors are you, favors are wonderful. I, I ask for favors all the time. But you never – it's different when it's somebody else's passion and you're showing up because they need your help. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everyone showed up, like, top of their game for this thing. And I think that really helps. Like, Because if this movie had just been kind of like, ah, you know, John wanted to make a horror film, so we're kind of helping him out a little bit. It wouldn't have worked. And I think everything in this movie, essentially, for the most part, works. Um, But let's talk about some of the stuff that doesn't. Because there is a lot of stuff that, much like our friend, how do you call him? Artie Bags? Artie Bags. Artie Bags. Uh, There is a big suspension of disbelief to buy into this movie. Did anybody else have a problem with that? No. I, I didn't. No, no. For me, it wasn't the suspension of disbelief that made it difficult. It was, like, my biggest beef is with the ending because I felt like the human story was unearned. Uh, the the way that it kind of resolved between the father and the daughter. And then the way that it ended, I was, I was so mad at the ending. I haven't been this mad at the ending of a movie since Gladiator, and that was a very different kind of anger. <laughs> Maximus deserved better. <laughs> what you, what uh, were you mad about? About this movie? Yeah. I just, like, I didn't think that his act of sacrifice, it, it felt so meaningless because it rendered the family so vulnerable. It wasn't an act of love. It was an act of stupidity. And I didn't love, like, she just, like, cocks a gun and is ready to go. And it's like, dude, you're stuck with three kids and a baby. Even if you defeat these two things, it just all felt so hopeless. No, I totally, like, the end I of the couldn't, movie. I couldn't when, get around that. When, when uh, Chewie and I walked out of this thing, I said it was the most disappointing ending since um, Edge of Tomorrow. And Edge of Tomorrow, I also loved the movie. It's a great but the, movie. But the ending just didn't click for me. And I had the same thing with Quiet Place. Like, I love A Quiet Place. But the ending, I totally agree. It just doesn't quite click and i think it's mostly because we spent the whole movie going very like uh 
quiet, if you will. Like, everything's kind of played down, you know, it's serious, you know, and then action things will kind of happen, but it's still just kind of like, we want to keep these things contained. At the end of the movie of Emily Blunt, who, mind you, just had a baby and is standing up firing shotguns, like, and then her... She also just watched her husband die on camera. She just had a baby, though. The, the bottom half isn't working very well. She's not... Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's the suspension of disbelief. All right. Yeah, but, like, it, it, like, so she'd be motivated for sure, but I agree. Like, the, the death doesn't really motivate the rest of the movie because it all it does is make them more vulnerable and more likely to die. I think he... I saw it very differently. I think in that moment, he was like, well, they're... Like he said to her, they know what to do. They have worked really hard. He knows she'll protect them. He knows they can protect each other. And at this very moment they're about to die and he can't stop it. He's seriously injured. He's about to die That's anyway. True. That's true. Yeah. So he's like, there's only, I, he, like if they die and he lives, what good is he then? But he can get them through this next moment and let them take it from there. But that's all he can give them. So I think that was, that was and the scene for me. Here's the thing is if the movie had ended after that, I think I would have liked it more. I think if it had ended with, all right, we got through this, the emotional punch is done and they're going back to their family and they need to figure a way to get out of this fucking farm now because all the things I know that they're here. I'm more into that than seeing the very, like it almost changes genres at the end. Yeah, exactly. It promises not the same movie. That's why it's weird. They're making a sequel because they're making now the next sequel has to be the action film. Yeah, which is okay. They, it's it's okay, but I, I don't think they want to make the action film. What worked no. well was the what they did in this movie. They want to do this again. But yeah, more. It, it's, it's like, well, it's no, like, you didn't. You, you you stopped. You stopped this genre. Let's like, not you, let's not worry about what the next movie is going to be no, as part of discussing. this Sure, movie but yet. no. But my my complaint is more of what he's saying. Like the the changes genre. Mm. Like the the whole. And this is again the suspension of disbelief that I think like these were the things that bumped me was you have the entire world. No one thought these things only hunt through sound. No one in the entire world thought to try to use sound against them. We don't know that. We just, they can't communicate with anyone in the entire world. So people might have figured it out. We don't know. But, you know, also it's unique to her because it was a hearing. I mean, how would they have like come up with the right frequency? It was just a fluke that they found it. Yeah. You know, but I, I also think as for like her cocking the weapon, there's only three. In the area. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's you know, true. so they realize that these two coming for them are the last ones, and then maybe they can try to find a way to continue getting on the radio and letting other people know. Kind of like Independence yeah. Day, where they're like, let them know how to take these sure. bastards down, you know? Sure, I also sure. wonder if... I also wonder if they're isolated because they're in a small town and if maybe people are kind of quarantined in cities. But that's the thing. I feel like there's so much more to this world that I wanted to know. I feel like for Emily Blunt's character to have earned that gun cocking moment after giving birth and stabbing herself in the foot and like having tetanus, like she's gonna die of tetanus, you guys. That's a horrible way to die. It just but invites anyway. questions. Though. Yeah, that's it what I mean. Really I wish it, like I said. wish we had seen more from her. Like it felt very much like he was the provider of the family and he handled all this stuff and we didn't really see her. We saw her being a mom, which is is great, but I wanted to see more of that like prepperness from her. Especially because she is the one that's having to do all the hard work of care, like having a baby in silence as like not a Scientologist, you know, it's just it, I, I just wanted more from these characters so that those moments felt earned instead of just like, oh, yeah, like that would happen, I guess. I don't know. It just this is one of those movies, too, where like I saw it on home video after the fact I didn't get to see it in theaters and I feel like I kind of missed out on I some felt of the experience the opposite because I was thinking as I was watching this movie at one point um, I said something to the characters I'd been sitting inside and I I very rarely I'm usually half on my phone watching movies at home I very rarely can I pay full attention this movie I didn't touch my phone except to look what one person on IMDb um, and other, and I was Which just person? sitting uh, I was looking to see if the girl was actually deaf oh, yes she is, she is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh and uh, as I was watching this movie, complete silence, at one point I was like, oh, no, don't. And then I immediately clapped my hands over my mouth because it was so loud. And I was just thinking, I'm really glad I'm home because if I'd been in a theater, I worry that someone would have made a noise or looked at their phone or done, you know, at least here I, I know I can control the environment. And here's the thing is I think the filmmaking is on point in this movie. And I think John proved himself a very capable director because I saw this thing in the worst theater in L.A., in my opinion, which is AMC 16 in Burbank. The worst people mm-hmm. in L.A. like to go to AMC 16 in Burbank. Hate that theater. I go to it all the time. Um, <laughs> the theater, we saw it uh, either opening weekend or the weekend after opening. Very early on, theater was totally sold out, really? dead silent. That's cool. Like It was like when I saw The Artist. Like The Artist is the only other movie I can think of like recently where I had an audience just completely just like, shh. 
Someone ruined the the sacrifice in Last Jedi in the middle of our theater. They said something in the middle of that moment. So I think that's for me. I was like, I don't want that to happen ever yeah. again. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, man, I wish I was a millionaire so I could just like build a theater <laughs> in my own house and never have to worry about people again. Yeah. Um, but I think like the I think the filmmaking on this movie was super on point because it worked. Because I think if if everyone had that reaction where they kind of chatter throughout the movie. No, this wouldn't be a $300 million movie. Yeah. It would have failed. That's true. And too many people saw this and enjoyed it to have talked the whole way through it. And the movie sets its tone and it sets its requirements for you as a viewer pretty early, mm. almost from frame uh, one. It, and I respect that. I respect yeah. that the movie kind of taught me in the first few minutes how to in- interface with it. Yeah. Gave me my expectations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And which is why why the ending, what we were talking about for so long, because it had, it had a weird discordant nature to it. But the movie, you had to be stressful tension building mm. and it, it taught me it, it showed it, it gave me immediately the rules for watching it yeah oh my god that when when you see the nail get caught and you you see the like insert of the nail you spend i don't remember how much time it is between seeing that nail and seeing her step on it, it feels like 10 the, minutes it oh feels my like god it. the whole time you're like oh god oh god oh god oh god oh god you know it's coming and so when it happens you're like no 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 God, like, does the anticipation of her stepping on that nail? I'm really because they could have just kind of thrown it aside and then had her step on it later. Instead, they let us know it was going to be a thing. Oh, yeah. And keep in mind, they never fixed the nail problem after she stepped in it. Yeah, no. so, she so like, it out everyone who came down the stairs, I'm just like, Come well, she on. pointed it out to the kids, like, to yeah. make sure they knew, but still. But kids are kids. Yeah, and I'm kids like, I, I was still stressed for the whole movie for that. That, like, no, yeah, the scariest sure. part. <laughs> I think that's one of the things I really enjoy about the movie is I, it does a very good job. And uh, if Chewie could be on here, she'd explain it better than I could, but you know. That's the way time works. Um, she she pl- pointed out like this movie does a great job of escalation. Oh, for like, sure. Every time, like, how could this get worse? Uh, the basement's flooding. I mean, just, what the fuck? Just the like, fact that she's pregnant, it's like really yeah. thoughtful. Like, what is the worst fucking thing that could happen? And builds on that tension because the anticipation. Yeah. As soon as you realize you're pregnant, you're like, oh, uh oh. Like, what is going to happen when she has to give birth? And you're waiting on that the whole time. So when she finally goes into labor, you're like, oh, no, this is really bad. And well, it's just, and uh. just, And after having a baby in the hospital, there are so many things that, she, like, you're in kind of in this fugue state. You're sleeping. You're waking up suddenly. Your environment is constantly shifting. So as you wake up, you're always disoriented with a new baby. And the movie captures that stress almost perfectly. Yeah. Where, like, you wake up suddenly, like, what's wrong? She's not moving. What's going on? Where is she? Yeah. Like that, that immediate like. Oh, she's of, floating away from you. She's floating away. That yeah. yeah. is horrifying. And, and, and oh I, don't, I don't know if that as a parent immediate like 100% goes away. You just kind of push it back to the back of your mind where you, like yeah. someone, like the baby cries or something happens and you wake up like, what's going on? What's wrong? Immediately crisis. You're trying to find exit points. Like you're doing like survival things unconsciously and the movie really kind of tapped into that for me. And yeah, it did. A, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and then when, when the creatures destroy that whole like house above them, I was like, oh, fuck. You can't rebuild. <laughs> what are you going to do? You can't hammer. Yeah. So it's like an even, like everything is just bad to worse, to worse, to worse, to worse, the whole movie. They need to do the logical thing and move next to a waterfall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, that was actually as a joke, but I, I want to talk about it a little bit. I think that's my favorite moment in the movie. And I, 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 as much as it's my favorite moment in the movie, I feel like we got robbed a little bit when they didn't bring the daughter. I understand why he didn't, like from his character's point of view, but I feel like, because I, I my I was saving it for the end. We'll get there. I think the strongest thing in the movie is the daughter. I think she's amazing, and I can't wait to see her in every movie she's in after this. Um, and I think anytime they take her away from the movie, they're they're making a mistake. Uh, and that moment, they really let the son have a great moment, like a really emotional punch, where he gets to tell his father, "You're being a jackass to your daughter," and it's this really cool thing that we I didn't expect from this movie. And I really wish the daughter had been there, but I still think that just that heart punch moment of the movie was just very very well done and great I also, okay. it was also an actual break in the tension like mm-hmm. a, a very a real true they got to speak to one another we got to hear their voices which kind of helped us feel a little bit more of their character yeah and it, it was all completely safe like we as an audience got to breathe so i think we got to savor that emotion and that's why it really yeah. was sad the daughter wasn't yeah. there because her she was so compelling yeah I, I don't I don't know I yeah I see what you're saying at the same time that was a very important moment for the boy like yes. I think what was really cool and you might blink and you miss it is that that kid was very meek he didn't want to be tough he didn't no. want to fight he didn't want to do all these things and I mean the first time we meet him he's sick um, and 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 he was like all scared 
And at the end, when the dad sacrifices himself while she, the daughter, is freaking out, he hits the emergency brake and sends the truck down the trail. He has got the presence of mind to not look at dad and not, I mean, he screams at dad to try to save him, I guess. Um, but then he has the presence of mind to be like, oh, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's go. I can't waste time on that. And I thought that was such a great little arc is that like he he was the one who ended up being totally with it while everyone else was freaking out in that. I totally missed that. That's yeah. actually a really good that's point. Cool. Like, yeah, that's really well done. Like, yeah. And that's what I mean. Like the filmmaking in this is really on point. Like they did a very good job. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the daughter. Elliot, do you have anything to say about her? You've been quiet for almost a solid half hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm getting into character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I watched. Did any of you guys see John Krasinski? He did some variety, like breaking down a scene YouTube video. No. He no. just. Trying to remember which scene it was, but he, I remember one point that he brought up was that the actress, I think her name is Millicent Simmons. Mm-hmm. Millicent sounds right. I'm not sure about the last name. Okay. Simmons? I think so. He was saying that for him, that was a non negotiable mm-hmm. aspect of the movie. Like he had to have a deaf actress in this part because it wasn't just to accurately reflect the character, but it was also so she could give him insight as a storyteller to be able to you know do the sign language stuff correctly and also find ways of expressing emotions in ways that wouldn't just uh, be obvious it's kind of like if you go to google translate go to a language it's going to be really uh, mechanical Um, but if you actually are talking to a native speaker they're going to be able to oh like here's the kind of a slang or the dialect of that region and one thing for her that young actress um she isn't just a very good sign language speaker but she's also a good actress because she was actually the one who told john krasinski to say to not just say i love you but to say i've always loved you and I feel like that makes that scene a little more effective because a uh, part of the arc of the story is that the Milson Simmons character, she kind of carries guilt with her because she gave the rocket to her younger brother and that uh, led to his death. So that's definitely a fucked up thing to carry on your shoulders as a young child. And especially with that kind of um, disability she has. I mean, I've definitely had medical things in my past where you feel, you can kind of feel like you're a burden on your parents sometimes. So I feel like she's extremely an emotional centerpiece for the movie because there's got to be a part of her that thinks that she's more trouble than she's worth for her parents. It's really like the... I love both the fact that she thinks that she's responsible for her brother's death. She feels like a burden on her parents and she's not aware of the fact that literally everyone, but maybe her brother also feels responsible for her brother's death. Like they all think it was their fault and it speaks volumes to both her and everyone in the movie that it's clear. They don't talk about like they might talk about him. Like they might, like it doesn't seem like the type of family that closes themselves off to the memory of the one who passed away, which does happen. It feels more like the, he died. It was brutal. Let's not talk about how he died. And it's interesting because at different points you can totally see they all blame themselves. Oh God, that scene of Emily Blunt talking about, I could have carried him. I could have carried yeah. him. Like, oh yeah. no. Yeah. And I, and I think too, like they're amongst themselves, they can kind of subconsciously communicate that with each other. So even if they don't know, there's kind of like this sense that like, uh, that you're, you 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 all blame yourself. Like she can kind of you can kind of pick up on that on cues, but with but no, because the the but, the son literally has to ask his dad, "Do you blame her?" And it's like, and that's the thing. No. That's what I was gonna get to is like with with John Krasinski's character, like he plays it very like he plays it very guarded, and it's very interesting to see that di- that dichotomy between them. Like, of course she's gonna be worried and blame herself because she's seeing that in his eyes, and he's not giving her anything. And it yeah, so it ties to what you were saying, where I've always loved you. Like that's such a good gut punch, and just. Because you can't help. Like, you, sometimes you can tell with, like, it's easier to tell on, with your maybe your mother or your sister or brothers how they feel about you, how they see you. You can kind of see yourself through them. It's a lot harder with a father figure to see. Yeah, when, when I was growing up, my dad didn't really say I love you a lot. And when I was looking back on it 
later, I was like, oh, well, he didn't say the words I love you a lot. But like through all of his actions, through what he did with me and helped me do, like it's very apparent from uh, hindsight that, oh, yeah, clearly he loved me as a child. But when you're a kid, it's like if you don't specifically have it spelled out for you sometimes, you think, oh, well, mom says I love you to me more. So I guess mom loves me more. Yeah, and it's it's weird that the movie not weird. It's actually kind of good that the movie it plays with um like gender roles in a way that like only John's character. I'm forgetting the dad's actual name because the names I mean, are. They don't say yeah, them. Yeah, they're yeah. the Abbots. Yeah, um, but John's character really is trying to follow standard gender roles according to like the American. They're whatever. farmers. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's like the well, no, the son will take over when I pass away. The mom has babies and like. Well, shouldn't we bring the sister on the hunting trip? Like, no, she's a girl. And it's like, and I like that, like, everyone else in the family is just kind of letting him do that while they all disagree with it. Like, they're all, the rest of them, everyone is preparing to live life, and he's trying to keep life normal. And it's this weird, like, they don't really spend a lot of time on it, but you can kind of see those wheels, like, kind of turning against each other of, this is the world we're in now, I'm trying to keep it the world it was then. And it's it's interesting. And, and that's why I don't mind that his character um, in the end, kind of, it dies. Uh, even though it seems like th- that always happens. There's always like... I think but, I knew he was dying when I started watching the movie. It's like it, he's got to die was, in the movie. you've that, seen it more than once, there's a ton of foreshadowing. But having like that, that extra layer of the gender role and how he sees the world and how he approaches it and how, uh, as a mentality, as a, a father figure, how you're supposed to be, having that mentality die, like that has to die yeah. to uh, survive. And it was a very interesting thematic thing, which, which is why I think the death there works. Otherwise, it would feel... Of course, some there has to be a death in there that makes you kind of go boohoo for whatever reason because of plot. But like it had it had that weight behind it of that um, baggage he brings as a character, and I think John Krasinski did that really well. Yeah, that's so interesting because I didn't necessarily get that read. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but for me, it was that the daughter is um, she's a liability because she can't be alert. Right. And so for me, it was just like he was protecting her, not because she was a girl, but because the son needed to be her ears. Like, yeah, she's yeah, tough and yeah, she's capable, but there is a limit. And it it was just really interesting that he would respect his daughter's shortcomings, but not his son's. And that that was kind of like sad because <laughs> this kid's yeah. so fearful and so anxious. Like, he's not going to be able to do what you need him to do, even though he can hear and be alert. Like... I don't know. It was like they needed the siblings needed to come together, and I love that their relationship was so strong the whole way yeah. through. Yeah, because this really, in the lesser capable hands, they could have been not friends. He, the brother, could have could have blamed the daughter for the other brother dying, or he could feel that she's a burden on the family, and they just they ignore all of that, and they're just a good family. Like I said, it would have been really tempting when they were developing this movie to create a human antagonist, and yeah. there wasn't one. There was no. The only antagonism was just misunderstandings and not communicating. It wasn't. Yeah. Like, it wasn't anyone, nobody hated anybody. There wasn't any fist fights. You know, it was really great. No, there's not even really any, like, severe arguments. Like, mm-hmm. like there's really, like, like, there's some, like, disagreeing, sure. And, like, the the Millicent's character is obviously tired of her dad trying to get, um, what are they, cochlear implants? Is that mm-hmm. how you say Cochlear implants. Cochlear. Uh, and, like, she's tired of the effort and the constant failure. She's done with it. She's like, I can live deaf. I'm fine. And he's like, you can't in this world. And like there, there's plenty of that, but it never really, it never spirals into a family that like is upset being stuck on their own. And I think that's very important for a movie like this because they are so isolated. They are in their own world. This is all they have. If they hated each other, I mean, there might have been, you could see the argument, well, there's more drama if they don't like each other. But the, he made plenty of drama with very little. And I, I really it's, appreciate It's more that. like the drama of grief than it is the yeah. drama of a family feud because they mm-hmm. couldn't. They couldn't talk, not because of the monsters, but because what they were carrying was so heavy. Yeah. You know, so it's, I mean, obviously that's the, the running could, metaphor. Yeah, yeah I couldn't grief, even imagine but, not having that aspect. Yeah. Uh, you know, suffering grief to then immediately be like, no, you can't talk for the rest of your life. Yeah. yeah. Like, what the fuck? I, I, I don't, I, having that play out, I, I couldn't deal with it. I don't know if I could deal with that. Well, yeah, so that's what makes that so powerful in this. Yeah, it's rough because if you've ever lost somebody close to you, usually the best way to deal with it is to talk about it. And if you can't talk, and if you can't talk, things Whew. like starts to eat away at you. They're, they're, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. Um, I really like some it, bouncing off of how like heavy the movie is with like trauma and grief and sadness. I also like a little few 
grace notes they put in of like the kids playing Monopoly or yeah. the parents listening to music. Like they can oh, still listen to music through moment, headphones. Yeah. Uh, that's what I feel like The Walking Dead is really missing a lot of times where that entire show can just be uh, Sturm und Drang, if that's the phrase. <laughs> Um, I think it's Strum and Drang. Like, I'm looking at the smartest people in the room. Like, the I guys hope... from Harry Potter? Sturm und Drang? I think it's German. That That is, that's what Durmstrang is, the play on, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, oh. Thank you, you, Samantha. You said we were smart. <laughs> that, that's yeah. where my head went to. I was like, yeah. oh, Harry Potter? <laughs> um, but this shows that they're still, like, finding ways to entertain each other and still having ways to connect with uh, the media that isn't really part of their lives anymore. I think even the 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 rocket thing at the beginning like he's a child of course but it's still like having that kind of a toy that's exciting like they're just in their house all the time just looking at wooden blocks and stuff so to have this exotic um vibrant toy like that's a dash of color in their lives that that kid was probably starving for because i think the movie started it was only like eight to nine days in something like that yeah so not a, it was not a only huge time. yeah just a couple months yeah, I mean, it, it's really, it's it's interesting to see, like, it's interesting to think about, like, if you are in this situation, how do you keep yourselves entertained? And I feel like there's been a constant push in movies these days to not have down moments, to not have moments of, like, quiet and, like, oh, this is just what they're doing in their everyday lives. And I like it when movies still do that, and this one did a great job of it, just kind of how you said, like, with the games and everything, like, it does a really good job. And, like, the details, like, for the Monopoly pieces, like, they don't have the usual trinkets for characters. Like, one, it's like this flappy thing. Is it a yeah, sewing like, it thing? It looks like felt. Yeah. felt yeah. yeah, like a piece of felt, and they're making sure to roll on the carpet. Uh, yeah, I think they so, yeah, really... Yeah, production design did a really great job. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I, I really like the uh, the one thing we haven't really talked about much is I like the uh, the soundproof basement they were making. Like it, it's oh, a shame cool. it gets flooded right away, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it a really worked. Oh. yeah. But it was one of those things where like I I like that like they clearly had a problem. We're going to have a baby. Babies are fucking loud, mm-hmm. and like I like that like without ever like really like, well how are we gonna deal with this? It's just like oh you see them like they're all capable, and like I just I like seeing capable people in movies. It's kind of they nice. Did you talked in the beginning kind of about suspending your disbelief? Yeah. Like, did, was one of the areas that the baby was as quiet as it was? Well, they they <laughs> they, they MacGuffin that with an oxygen tank. Like, yeah, we're gonna keep this baby. Out. Well, I mean, they had they had a sound. Was it a soundproof uh, chamber for it? No, it was just no. A, it was just a box to make it, it quieter. They're in a soundproof room, and to make it even quieter than the baby, they put a heavy wood door on them. So okay. make sure the key thing was the oxygen. Yeah, yeah, like the they are doing their best to keep babies quiet because babies are fucking loud. Yeah, so but they take it out and they're moving all over the place with it, and the baby's only a couple hours old at that point. Well, that that part is actually true. Super, yeah, super young. They're 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 super chill for like six hours. There's a window. Going, There's a window. Yeah, so okay. it, it kind of worked. I defer to your expertise. Yeah. I just did it not that long ago. I was done it twice. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like this nice little window where you, you wonder like, are they alive? Because they're not yeah. doing anything. There's nothing going on. Yeah. They're not pooping. They're not peeing. They don't they're not know eating. what to do. They're like, wait a minute ago. Is that like the, the eye place. of the hurricane? Oh, yeah. 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 You just got done with this horrible storm. And right when you want to go to bed, the next storm is coming. Right. So enjoy it. It's like getting a Casper mattress and waiting for them to puff up. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Because it all was like are. compact. It's like to have a baby. And then it's expanding. And usually like a six month old baby wouldn't have survived in this world because they're so noisy, like to an extreme yeah, extent. Yeah, so it's a good thing they got to use a shotgun. So yeah. yeah. So they kind of eked, they got, they, they kind of did well by putting it at that, about that can, time of the pregnancy. Can yeah. I ask a suspension of disbelief question yes. though? Like. I was able to suspend my disbelief, but like they were eating a lot of leafy greens, and I don't know about you guys, but like farts would have been a oh, huge God. problem. For me. That's that's the epic movie, just, a scary movie kind of parody of this film. Just, no, that's like I often wonder about that in survival scenario in, in okay. any like fantasy world. Like where do and there are siblings? Poop? There are siblings together who right. are going to be like, oh, does that annoy you? Especially like, yeah. since one of them can't hear her own farts. <laughs> Oh man, that could be a tagline for a movie. <laughs> in space, um, no, in space, no, I can hear you fart. I will say, as a former school teacher, 
It is possible to get through an entire day with silent farts because if you fart in front of those kids, it's fucking over. <laughs> so I you've have seen, you've seen it control the room to them at that point. Yeah, I I I have perfected the ability to fart in front of people and have them have no idea because I that should be, be on like, your GI Joe trading yeah. car, training card. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just really needed to ask that question. I don't even. Farting is even... an important question in a quiet place. Uh, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> but uh, I mean, that would have actually helped us figure out like they can't smell. They can only hear, right? So like, there you yeah. go. That's good. Yeah. Like farts do nothing. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I would have died early on because I'm very clumsy. I would just yeah. knock shit over and be like, oh well, here it comes. I fall out of bed like once a month. Like it, it's not. <laughs> it's not something I'm proud of, but it happens. So I would be dead very quick. Every I door in our just... house is a 50-50 chance to be like. <laughs> It happens at night. So I'm like, like when I'm absent, when I'm walking back from the store to the house, I would start absentmindedly just singing something like, <laughs> "Ain't no valley high, ain't no live, whatever." And you're dead. <laughs> <Bam>. <laughs> that'd, that'd be me as well. Yeah. No. I was trying to think of the Jack and the Beanstalk song, but I couldn't remember it. I'm glad we've all figured out how we're all gonna die. Yeah. In yeah. yeah. Place. None of us make it in the quiet place. Well. <laughs> Can we? I, some, okay. So to take it back to seriousness, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to derail no, no. us with, with my farts. With how farts. was it not gonna derail us? But go ahead. Um, <laughs> I thought the cochlear implant thing was interesting because in reading about cochlear implants, they're actually really controversial in the deaf they community are. because people don't feel that they're necessary. They don't replicate sound appropriate, like correctly, and People, a lot of people who are deaf don't feel that they have a disability. Mm. Um, and, and that's like really important. So I thought this was really cool because the daughter was very much like, no, I don't need this. And I thought it, it was just like nice that they, it felt like an authentic, I mean, obviously she's deaf, so they obviously consulted right, her on yeah. this and stuff, but it felt very deftly handled. And I thought that was just like really, really cool. And I feel yeah. like that moment when she figures it out is is really beautiful in that regard as a, even though he's gone, is the, the relationship between them because like... She was mad at him because he kept insisting that she wear this thing. And and then he also prevented her from going downstairs into that radio. And in the end, the thing that she didn't want from him and the thing that he didn't want from her ended up saving the day. Mm-hmm. So the two of them, like, it was almost like a post, uh, post-mortem resolution for the two of them. That was an applause moment. Situation. Yeah, that was an applause moment for me when she, like, slams the cochlear implant against the amplifier mm-hmm. or whatever and turns it up. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, it's a badass moment for her. I, I stood up and cheered as as much as you can cheer at like one in the morning or whatever. That's yeah. why I think the the, the gun cog didn't bother me partly because I mean yes it is a shift I agree with that. Well but. and here's the, the the turn on that is like I could watch Emily Blunt you know get ready to shoot some alien creatures any time of the day. Yeah. So did I also she have a gun in Looper too like that. She, yeah she did. Yeah so oh, they so had like always they had Emily Blunt a shot. They, they, had like, they know blunt, my aesthetic which is her with a gun. Mary Poppins returns. Yeah she pulls that out of the bag. I just like I can't imagine shooting I, I don't it's just sometimes the fundamental way in which they like don't show guns correctly drives me yeah. nuts though because yeah, yeah. kickback as a pregnant woman who's like you don't have abs at that point that shit's yeah. had to expand like you need your core to survive that kickback I think and if any comes- pregnant woman had abs i bet it would be emily blunt that's, that's, okay, <laughs> that's, point. that's fair she is the chuck norris of pregnant women <laughs> um but but i feel like in that suspending disbelief about that like i feel like if you can set this aside also my my issue with the creature being right fucking there while she was screaming and then running to the fireworks i was like mm, okay oh, oh then you can if you want to go down that rabbit hole you totally can like what happened in the placenta who yeah, cut yeah, the umbilical yeah, cord yeah, like there's yeah, so yeah, many things but it's just like who cares because the movie yeah. worked it became like, a nunchuck yeah. 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 yeah these are but these are also issues that i have in like every movie yeah. that shows yeah. like birth or that shows people using guns it's like maybe just like show things more accurately sometimes because then it would make it more interesting <laughs> yeah. but i, I the thing you is know? i if the movie is good around the details yeah. no i don't you care. don't that's fair yeah like and that's that's actually one of my mottos on set is when I'm about to point out something super, super petty. And then I kind of just quietly say to myself, no one's going to see this but me. It's fine. Like, yeah, think- it's fine. If, if, the, if people are looking at this tiny detail in the corner, then the movie's got bigger problems than yeah. that. My well, issue that- with guns is also generally like, I feel we have a problem with them in this country. Yes. And I feel that if they were more accurately portrayed in media in the same way that like they stopped showing smoking or like, we're like, oh, this is a deadly thing. So only bad guys should do it. I think that maybe we could clear some stuff up. So, but that's like more just me like soapboxing. Stri- yeah. So not to derail for too long, you should watch Straight Back on, on Cinemax because okay. they're, they're like, their whole thing is realism in in how like tactics and all that stuff interesting i agree with you and it's one of those things where like 
I think the main re- the major reason why I agree with you and why it bumps me at the end so much is because it feels out of place. But otherwise, it's like I said. Because she also hadn't had any like badass Emily Blunt moments Wait, prior to that. I think that's the thing is like what we were saying earlier about John Kaczynski being so like man figure and she's so woman figure that the entire movie she was doing laundry and giving birth. Yeah, and doing... it's like I want to see just one thing. But where that's she's the thing like, is like this, now, that, now that he's gone. <laughs> she has to step it up. And so yeah. that's the moment where she's like, well, it's up to me now. Boop, boop. And then she suddenly comes into her own. Now she's mom and dad. And she's yeah. just been mother figure the whole time. I just wanted now. to see a little taste of that beforehand. But I think that's also like the perils of casting Emily Blunt is yeah. like, that's we the all thing, know. Is like, yeah. But I also think like, being quiet while you've just stepped on a nail and are currently That's going through badass. labor is fucking badass as hell. Yeah. Going up a flight of stairs while in labor, that's badass. <laughs> like, that's, fair, just, fair. that's amazing. Um, what what haven't we hit in this movie? Like, what haven't we talked about? We we've. Well, uh, one thing I wanted to mention is that years ago, John Krasinski was in the running for Captain America. Yeah, and it was kind of seen as a ludicrous choice at the time and for since the office ended it seems like he's really been pushing his career to not just get stuck as that guy from the sitcom Mm -hmm. i mean he co-wrote manchester by the sea uh he's really um been pushing himself behind the camera and uh 13 hours and jack ryan and now like with this movie i feel like he's really gotten out of the jim halpert shadow and uh, like I'm not seeing too many uh, Twitter jokes about him like looking into the camera distressed anymore and particularly uh, with this movie A Quiet Place because it was so like big and successful and made a pop cultural impact I think the comparison uh, to use Star Trek The Next Generation terms is that in this movie he really grew the beard mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I go. get that reference mm-hmm. <laughs> I did too Captain America reference on top of that oh, oh my god wow that was we'll super nerdy. Full circle. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm totally into him being, uh, him and Emily Blunt being Fantastic Di- Four. So into that. Oh, yeah. I, it's, it's not going to happen, but I'm yeah. so into it. This, this is why I was kind of disappointed uh, Chewie wasn't on this podcast, yeah. because I know she watched Jack Ryan. Did anybody else? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so how how is he on that show? He's good. He's really good. Where would you rank him in the Jack Ryan uh the Jack Ryan hierarchy? Yeah, exactly. Thank oh, you. Shit. I mean, look, well, Chris I... Chris Pine's number one, right? Oh, uh. stop. <laughs> stop. The shadow recruit. So, well, everyone, like, literally everyone is better than Ben Affleck. I am a better Jack Ryan than Ben Affleck. <laughs> Forgot yeah. Ben Affleck. Some of all fears. Oh, yeah. You know, Dude, okay, number one for yeah. me. I thought that Reindeer Games was a Jack Ryan movie because I'd never seen it and didn't know anything it about it. It sounds like it would be a Jack Ryan movie. Yeah. It is so much worse. Never watch it. That is one of the best horrible movies ever made. Everyone should watch it. Ho, ho, ho. It was was the one with the Elvises. No, that's no. 3,000 Miles to Graceland. Fuck yeah, okay. It was that's somehow, it was Similar like, as, it was as bad as Geely. Like, Ben Affleck has had two Geely level turds in his career. That's insane. But anyway, so it would be Ben Affleck, Chris Pine, Harrison Ford's my favorite, but Alec Baldwin was great. And I John just Krasin- love the Humphrey October so much. It's really good. But yeah. Wait, so are you saying John Krasinski is on top? No, no. I'd say he's like two or three. He's like, okay. he's a good Jack Ryan. He's, a good Jack Ryan. he's not a bad Jack Ryan. He's sincere. Like, I like how, I like, and especially in this movie, you get his sincerity, and and, I, which is interesting because he played Jim as a very yeah. not sincere guy. My biggest so beef yeah. with Jack Ryan was his love interest because every woman on screen was a better actress than her and had more chemistry with John Krasinski. Mm-hmm. And at one point, they literally dressed her like a cookie monster. But yeah, I'm I so wait, into the show. Wait, what? Like no, 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 no. Do, do, do not explain that at all, please. <laughs> I just need to see it. I don't it. remember that. How well, can you forget that blue sweater? It was no, 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 stop, 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 okay, stop, 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 Say what you will about Premium Rush, but like that's the only other time where I'm like, this was a trim movie. That movie's movie. dope. <laughs> the bike messenger movie. The yes. bike messenger yes. movie is so yeah. awesome, but like, yeah. the, 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 it's economical with this movie, and I like that. Yeah, movies feel- don't have to be like 
18 hours. I, I felt the same way watching this movie that I felt about uh, reading, watching somewhat, but really reading the script for Gravity, which is where the whole way through the script for Gravity and the whole way through this movie, I was just like, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. And that's because there's such effective use of dramatic irony in this film where you, we, the audience, constantly know something that the characters don't know that is going to get them killed and we're freaking the whole time because we're just like, oh God, no, please, just turn around. Like when, when that creature comes up behind her and you're just like, just turn around, turn around, turn around. And then when the thing squeaks, you're like, oh, oh, that's, oh no, you don't know. Like, you don't know what we know now. And you just spend the whole movie just freaking out at these people. And it's, it's great. It's nice to Can have, you like, do a commentary for this movie? <laughs> <laughs> like, I would, like, I would so right? download that. We should. Oh, that. they don't know and you know. Oh my God. Emily, that should be your uh, new podcast. This <laughs> is going, oh no. Emily exclaims. <laughs> the, the loud place with Emily. <laughs> oh my God. Don't go in there. Oh no. Hells yeah. No. Oh my God. That would be like the simpler You crossed the line. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm so into nice. this. <laughs> I want to download this eight I don't times. know. She's like, well, now I, now I got to do this and the dog podcast. It's a yeah. lot of work. Oh, man. There couldn't be a dog in this movie. It would have been too sad. Yeah, the dog would have died. I mean, any dogs would be dead. Oh, the yeah. dogs are all dead. My Those dog poor is... poor raccoons ate it. Really. How? My dog can't even breathe quietly. <laughs> <laughs> How long do you think the population of Earth lasted? Because they show like a newspaper at one point, and it's like... I. I was thinking, wait, newsprinting is loud That's as super fuck. loud. <laughs> it had to have been like isolated in pockets. It mm. couldn't have just been like worldwide all over the place at there's once. Only, there's only three of them. I mean, in this area, it's gonna t- in this area though. Yeah, but still, it's gonna take a while for them to kill every single so, person in it. So it wasn't like an Independence Day invasion where they're like over yeah. every major city. It had to be because I think. Well, then we're in a, we're in a rural area. Yeah, so True. it could have been every major city. I, and now they're I, just getting out. Yeah. I, some for some reason I'm thinking there was like a meteor that they came off of. I don't know if I read that somewhere, like some behind I don't the think scenes. It ever explained. Oh, behind the scenes. Maybe. Yeah, like that's where they envisioned it came from. But it had to. It had to have been like slow moving across because what you were saying, Samantha. Because the movie is so isolated, there's just like a billion questions that a follow up can definitely explore. It doesn't feel like we've seen we know what the world is really like. We just know what this one little pocket is like. My concern is just that we've seen so many of these movies that are meant to be self-contained that do well, they get sequels that go, what do we do next? Bring in the colonial marines. Yeah. <laughs> but I That's think happened I, too many times. Farts. <laughs> farts. farts. I think if they do <laughs> Quiet Place too. They'll approach farts. it. Fart noise. Similar to, bringing this back around, approached it to, uh, as like they did with Cloverfield, where it was like, just re-angle the lens a little differently have a different story and a different unique aspect of that that ties in and bring them in like we like someone else is dealing with this in a very unique and different way and suddenly like oh you too like they meet you too like you can kind of bring that around i know it's a little cheesy as an example but just refocus where you look so and like i mean the frame. quiet place yeah it's adjacent like the, to the quiet place yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like the uh the opening to 28 weeks later it's like oh that's yeah. the best part of the whole movie the rest of the movie's garbage but the opening is like oh this is how somebody else dealt with the outbreak but yeah if you took that concept shit. of like you can't say anything all of us could come up with like well what if you had this scenario what if you had this scenario and there's your sequels yeah. keep it keep everything after they figure out the solution because that's not interesting just we win because we figured it out and getting that information out there that's just as how it's going to go but all I'd the have, stuff during that period of time is still interesting i'd have a saint bernard in a helmet and what happens <laughs> so if they no get smart like her. the tomatoes from attack of the killer tomatoes and they wear earmuffs oh yeah right right there's a reference for you i am uh, now like obsessively thinking about how farts are gonna get all killed <laughs> like i just i can imagine someone just sitting there and you can't control it sometimes and just being like Pah! And everyone's like, no, and then you're dead. Especially if I was eating leafy greens. Like, the only thing mm. in my garden right now. You're a lot of beano. Yeah. The only thing in my garden right now are, like, kale, and we're growing Brussels sprouts and peppers. Like, that Good is God. a recipe for disaster. You, the Quiet Place requires, like, requires a soundproof bathroom. Like, just requires it. Oh, my it. God, yeah. 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 All right, let's move on to quotes. <laughs> Uh, in a movie where no one talks. In a movie where no I one talks. One. So I will accept favorite moment if you do not have an exact quote. I'm fine right. with that. But Elliot actually has a quote. So go for it. Yeah. So I like the moment where it's kind of early on in the movie, I think, where John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are in the basement together and you're kind of just getting to know the characters. And 
John Krasinski sweeps his hand over his face, which means, like, beautiful. Mm -hmm. And Emily Blunt just, like, enlarges her cheeks because she just feels, like, bloated and stuff because she's pregnant. And that's something that's really cool just in terms of saying a lot about the characters without actually having to vocalize it. Yeah. Just, like, um, without having to say, like, them both having to say, like, I love you, I love you, he can just say, like, you're beautiful, um, non-verbally, I feel fat, like, I didn't say anything about that. Um, yeah, I thought that was a very nice little moment. Yeah. Uh, mine is also just kind of more of a moment than a line, but there's a line attached to it, and it's when John Kaczynski goes, woo! Uh, and that's it, not just because of a line, it's because it's just it's more of the reaction to the line of the kid. Like, why are you killing us dad? Like, it's just a really great, like, no, no, no. Like we're next to the waterfall. We can say whatever we want. And just seeing the, like the relief on the kid's face of like, I can yell right now. It's a beautiful, beautifully acted, wonderfully shot. Like it's just an awesome moment in this movie. I loved it. I love the word rocket, which now I know the sign for from watching this movie. <laughs> but the use of the word rocket, in the beginning, the kid thought the rocket was how they were all going to escape. And then the rocket is what got him killed. And then later on, the rocket is what saved his mom. And so yeah. I love that moment when, when the dad was like, rocket. And I was like, aww. And then he set off the fireworks and you're like, oh, that little boy's obsession with the rocket like came back. And it was almost like he was saving his mom. It was really, really cute. Did you think about Rise of the Planet of the Apes? Why Cookie Rocket? No. (laughs) Does anybody remember that? I will now. (laughs) I like that... The I like the the girl Reagan had uh, like she's a teenage girl and I loved when she got behind the wheel of the truck and was just like practicing her driving because that feels like such a teenage thing she has her own like private hangout and mm-hmm. she still has aspirations of like finally getting behind the wheel of a car. It's a good moment. She was while it was rocketing downhill. I mean, <laughs> I uh, we've brought it up already in the episode, but uh, when she wakes up to the flooding down in the basement. And that first moment of just assessment, where is everything, what's going on, that hit me very viscerally. And it stands out the most in this movie just because of how much it was like, I was freaking out. I was like bouncing in my seat, trying to not like, okay, what, okay, focus, what's going on? Like, I, if, I, if I yelled at my screen, I would do that, you know, I would exclaim at it. But it just, that stands out to me and it's, it's my favorite moment in there, just that, that tension, that, I don't get that a lot in like tense movies or scary movies because I don't generally feel very scared or tense because of some of the artifice you you watch enough of these you're just like okay but this really cued in on it and like manipulated me and i was like i kind of like that that works yeah uh review system movies where isolation plays a theme oh okay yeah castaway Oh, that works. Yeah. <laughs> that was an easy one for me. I love Castaway. And again, the the like the way it tugs on your like emotional visceral reaction to things. So that scene where he pulls his own tooth out is just like, oh God. You know, it's more me going, oh no, at the TV. And you could argue he doesn't pull his own tooth out. He well, smashes, he, he it, smashes out with a rock. it out. Yeah, that's true. With, a, with a skate, with an ice skate. That's right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's awful. It's a rough scene. <laughs> uh I'm gonna go for Attack the Block. Um, isolation is eh, it's a little sketchy on it, but it still kind of works for me. Um, mostly because it all is in their neighborhood. Like the, it's not global taking down. They're going after the block, and it's up to these kids to defend their block. And I, I love that. Like it's one of those things. Where it's kind of like this one. It's like, well, how would the world deal with this? Doesn't matter to this movie because it's all about how these kids deal with it. And I, I love just kind of. It's also that. about people learning who don't normally communicate with one another. Learning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, communication plays a huge part of that thing because here's a whole bunch of ruffian kids and <laughs> people who are just trying to get by who do not speak this like it's both English, very different types of English, and they need to learn how to communicate mm-hmm. and actually go towards the same similar goal. Great movie, Attack the Block. Mm-hmm. Believe it. I'm gonna <laughs> go with a, a an interesting one. Is is maybe a stretch, maybe not, but I'm gonna go with the raid. Okay. Because they start off with like this, the safety of it and come in there. They're isolated. They get into the, the building. They are isolated from each other and they commu- have to learn to communicate with fighting. <laughs> but like, <laughs> they learn to communicate with fighting, but <laughs> it just lost it. You're doing so good. <laughs> communicate with fighting. <laughs> like Jim Cotta. Oh. <laughs> but there's, there's a lot of isolation in that, in that movie and having to readjust how you approach the problem and ingenuity through trying to traverse that building. That, uh, yeah. 
I'm going to go with Hell in the Pacific. It oh, okay. is a World War II movie with Lee Marvin and Toshiro Mifune. Get it. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and it's basically a, a two people reenacting the Pacific Theater in World War II. They're isolated on this island. And the ending is tremendously disappointing and weird because it had to be recut for a studio. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a wonderful allegory in that this was in the same way this was an allegory for grief and the ending just didn't quite track. It works. I would say Open Water. Okay. Which you have a man and a woman isolated alone and uh i mean there's the potential for children later in their lives if they manage to escape and they're surrounded by very scary monsters which are even scarier because they're real (laughs) okay all right i want you to pitch every movie from now on okay If you don't want to watch it after that's this our, pitch. That's Elliot's podcast. It's yeah. just Elliot yeah. pitching movies. Yeah. It's like yep. a 15 second podcast. People will be into it. Mm-hmm. Yep. <gasps> that's all I'm good for. Just yeah. 15 seconds. <laughs> Call it fever pitch. There you go. <laughs> uh, all right. That's it for today. Uh, let's do a quick, quick, quick round of plugs because it's hotter than fuck in here. Uh, of course, listen to Venture Bros. Venture Brothers podcast uh, every Monday, 10 a.m. I don't know what episode's next because I don't know exactly this one's coming out. So that's that for me. Sam, is your show out? It will be, yes, it will be by this time. So listen to Samwise. It'll come out on Tuesdays. It is an advice podcast in which I answer every question by watching the Lord of the Rings extended editions, including their special features. If you wish to ask me a question, send me an email, sam.wise.ath at gmail.com, and I'll be setting up a Google Voice number soon, just not yet. Oh, you can have a phone number? I know. That's crazy. It's so legit. Bells and, and whistles all. This is like some Fraser Crane shit. I know. God, I wish. I love Fraser so much. Anyway, so in addition to all of that, visit ATHpod.com. We have a new article every Wednesday and most Fridays. Um, so Mondays, you got Venture Brothers. Tuesdays, Samwise. Wednesdays, article. Thursdays, after the hype. And Fridays, another article. Most of us around the table have written for it, will write for it. We're all really talented. That's true. That's accurate. Oh, and follow my dog on Instagram at Saint underscore Lottie, L-A-D-D-I. She goes on great adventures. Anybody else anything to plug? That was it. That was good. I'm on Twitter at Elliot S. Campos. What happened to Escape EL? I had to make it into a name that people could say on podcasts. Ah, got it. That makes sense. So I'm going to say goodbye. Bye. Bye. See ya.